This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Jeb with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Alright, welcome back in. Mackey and Jeb with Rami here. Score North and the Score North app. And on that Score North app, and also also on Apple and Spotify, you can find the Scoop podcast with Darren Doogie Wolfson. Interviews and inside information and speculation about your favorite Minnesota sports teams a couple days a week, usually for that podcast to drop. You can also find Doogie as part of the Five Eyewitness News sports team downstairs here from Score North. Doogie, welcome back to the show here. Every Tuesday at 5 o'clock, we get our, uh, our local scoops from you. And we just finished up a discussion about different options the Vikings have with Anthony Harris. Do you have any information on what the Vikings may or may not be looking to do with Anthony Harris, who's been franchise tagged? Hello, Philip. There have been discussions about signing him to a long-term deal. Those discussions were expected to pick up yesterday. They died down over the weekend, but they actually got going at some point, You know, whether it was last week or a couple weeks ago. So I would not be shocked if at some point in the in the near future that we do have news of the Vikings wrapping up a long-term deal with Anthony Harris. I know the New York Giants have had interest, the Browns, you know, there's some chatter about some other teams having some trade interests, but the issue there is it's like with the Vikings and the Washington Redskins and Trent Williams, you know, not only would a team need to give the Vikings a decent draft pick, but then you need to sign Anthony Harris to a long-term deal. I'm not quite sure there's many teams that want to do both of those. Like the Giants absolutely would give him nice money is my understanding, you know, but do they also want to give the Vikings a decent draft pick in return also? I don't think that's going to happen. So I think of all the possibilities, him playing on the one-year franchise tag, him playing here on a long-term deal, or him being traded at this point, it's fluid, but at this point I would wager on him signing a long-term deal. A long-term deal and not taking the one-year franchise tender. Yes, correct, Rami. Yes, signing a long-term deal. If with the teams that they have discussed trading him, has it been draft picks in return that they've been trying to net, or is it is it players who can help them win now? I've heard draft picks. Like I haven't heard of Harris straight up for Trent Williams or Harris straight up for Thune, the the offensive lineman, the guard from New England, who my understanding is the Vikings are fans of. But I think that's a tough transaction to pull off. I don't have a sense that the Patriots won Anthony Harris, or at least won him and then pay him long-term. So, yeah, my understanding, Rami, is if they end up trading Anthony Harris, the return would be some sort of draft pick compensation. So, dude, things were certainly um, active last week when free agency did start. But ordinarily, in, in normal times, which clearly this is not, 
this week is sort of a second wave, right? Where where you see the Vikings and teams making moves, and we might not know the players as much who are signing, but they still are. It feels to me like wave two is not really there. One, do you agree with that? And two, do you think the Vikings aren't done here, or is this just going to be a completely different thing because of the fact that once we got through the top players, now there probably is a genuine concern about physicals, about talking to players, etc.? I mean that's exactly it, Judd. Now, do I think the Vikings are done? No, I think they, I think they sign a cornerback. You know, maybe they add another wide receiver. You know, maybe another position. I know they kicked the tires on a running back, Devontae Booker, but that was before they re-signed Amir Abdullah. But I think you're exactly right. I think some of the hurdles are like let's go case by case. Andre Kirkpatrick, who got let go by the Bengals today, he injured his knee week six last year against Baltimore. Misses the rest of the year. My understanding is his knee is okay. But how could you sign him without having your doctors get their hands on him to administer a physical? And I know that his camp has a great relationship with Mike Zimmer. That's a name I would keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. You know, the former Bengals defensive back, Denard, you know, with the deal falling through in Jacksonville, was that medically related? I mean, we don't know that for sure, but I know some people in the league are wondering that. Everson Griffin had a great 2019 on the field, off the field. But it wasn't that long ago, 2018, that he had all sorts of mental health hurdles. You know, so if you're a team like Seattle or Tampa or the Jets or the Giants or the Cowboys or the Raiders or a couple other teams that have kicked the tires on Griffin, are you ready to commit millions of dollars to him without bringing him in for some sort of visit, just to meet with him face-to-face, just to make sure he's in a good spot mentally? You know, so I think if you go case-by-case with a lot of these guys, you know, whether it's you know, mental health hurdles or, or physical health hurdles, Judd, I think that's exactly it. I think we'll still see some agreements in the coming days and over the next week or two, but I think a lot of guys might just have to wait. Doogie, how does the Vikings' internal draft process change now? And, I'm, and every team's going through the same struggle here when you can't have the in-person visits, you, 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 don't, you, know, you don't get that hands-on, uh, you know, face-to-face with some of these players, and on top of that, you don't get all of your own people in a room. You can do Zoom meetings, which everyone's doing, but to what degree does their draft process change? And Rick Spielman is very meticulous about his draft process. We know that. He is. I mean, heck, I mean, they had it all lined up. The dates were April, top of head, it's in my phone, either April 6th and 7th or April 7th and 8th to bring in over 30 draft prospects. In fact, I did a Zoom chat yesterday for, for something I'll air on Channel 5 on likely Thursday, a, a Zoom chat with Carter Coughlin the former golfer, the former star of Eden Prairie. He was set to visit the Vikings here in a week or two. You know, that's off. You know, so it's, yeah, it's what you said. It's, it's FaceTime chats. It's, it's Zoom chats internally. You know, Judd, you can speak to this. I don't know if you were there for the, for the field trip last year, but they brought a bunch of us into the Vikings draft room, you know, like last late April, early May. And they have this unbelievably huge, and, you know, up to date, you know, from a technology standpoint, just this, this massive board, it's all digital, you know, and, and it's Rick's baby, the way he moves guys around and how they have guys stacked, you know, like, to me, the MVPs right now are probably the Vikings, you know, IT guys, right, just to, just to make sure that all these guys are able to, to have conversations, you know, yeah, Zoom and all that, but yeah, in terms of interviewing prospects, it's FaceTime and or Skype, and, and you're even limited in that regard, and you're limited on how long you can talk to guys. Now, that being said, you know, the scouts were out all season. Heck, Rick Spielman saw a lot of guys in person. George Payton saw a lot of guys in person. 
They made it to, not those guys specifically, but they were represented at a number of pro days before pro days shut down, like Wisconsin, like Kansas State, like Kansas, like Oklahoma. There were a bunch of pro days that took place right after the Combine. You know, plus, you know, their scouts seeing guys in person, being able to break down film. I'm not quite sure not having, you know, 30-plus guys in April 7 and 8 is, is that big of a deal. Like, to me, there's enough bodies of work out there where they should be able to do enough homework on these guys. But, yeah, I mean, make no mistake, Phil, I'm telling you, Rick's baby is that huge digital board in their, in their draft war room. So the fact that he can't have access to that has to be killing him. Can't he go to the war room just he's the only one in there? Because that's a visual I want to see is just Rick Spielman <laughs> and his big board in an empty room. I, I, I black on. <laughs> but that I, would be fantastic. <laughs> I mean, as far as I know, like trainers can still go into the facility. It's not like the facility is completely shut down. Team security. Yeah, but as far as I know, you know, whether it's Rick or any number of front office personnel, they got to stay home. Rami, uh, maybe Rick Spielman goes into his Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, yeah, look at who I have on my big board. <laughs> Look at it! It's the most beautiful. We've got, board. we've got to trade down. We've got to trade down. <laughs> Get to the big board. Get to the big board now! Move up! Move up! Oh, just He's a chop blocker. A chop blocker. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> oh. Yeah, Dukes, uh, Dukes, the twins. Sorry, Dukes. The twins. Yeah, what, the twins. What? Uh, <laughs> what do, do we know about guys who have scattered? I did see. I did see a tweet of Sano today, which must have been from the Gram working out. He still looks to be in fantastic shape. Got to admit, I'm a bit concerned there. So I'm glad to see that Miguel is keeping himself in shape. Yeah, Miguel is. I know Byron Buxton. He stayed in Fort Myers for a little bit, but then he went back to his house in Georgia. Lewis Thorpe's been aggressive on, on Twitter, showing some of the videos of Byron. You know, Byron's shoulders in a, in a good spot. Nelson Cruz did that conference call with us early last week. So did Taylor Rogers. Taylor's in the Denver area. Nelson's down in the Dominican. Guys are all scattered about. I talked to Randy Dobnek the other day. He's back in the middle of nowhere, West Virginia, but he's got a throwing partner. And he's actually ramping up pretty good like i know jake odorizzi's on record saying you know he's throwing you know maybe 50 to 60 pitches once a week like you don't know what the end game is but in dobnak's case at least as of a few days ago he was going 60 pitches every other day you know so it just it varies but these guys are in constant contact with west johnson with rocco baldelli with the twins training staff so yeah a lot of these guys are are doing their best to stay in shape boy this is uh it's just amazing that this season is in jeopardy, and there are so many ramifications because teams aren't going to teams aren't going to be able to, to to put a pause on service time, right? So, like Nelson Cruz, he's got he gets another year older. If you're the Dodgers right now, and you've got one year of Mookie Betts, and you gave up some prospects to get him, and the season gets canceled or is just a sprint in some form that that you know doesn't reward uh, longevity of of six months of a baseball season. It is amazing just the point that we're at here, Doogie, and the panic that some front offices, maybe even the Twins, must feel as they construct rosters. Not to mention, Ricey came on yesterday and, and threw this out, and he's right. You know, revenues are going to be challenged across Major League Baseball. If you're the Twins, are you going to really have a $140 million payroll next year? And if, and if not, like, how are you going to slash it? Who's not going to be here? Does it make you less likely to trade prospects this year because you know that you need those guys to be in your starting lineup next year. I mean, you're right. I mean, I guess, 
you know, in that case, I mean, guys like Marwin Gonzalez, Nelson Cruz, Jake Odorizzi, I'm probably leaving off a guy or two, but, but all those guys are, are free agents after the year. I would imagine you don't re-sign any of those guys. I mean, there's been chatter going back weeks about the Twins extending Nelson Cruz, but I imagine maybe I should have checked on this knowing I was coming out with you guys, but I imagine those talks are on hold. Like, why would you sign Nelson Cruz to a contract extension right now with just so much uncertainty? So, yeah, I didn't even think of that angle. I'm not even quite sure we're going to have baseball at this point. Like, I don't know where you guys stand on that. Now, I did see the city of Toronto. You know, I heard you guys talking about that on my on my drive into the office, you know, kicking off the, the 4 o'clock hour about how the mayor of Toronto has said, you know, no public gatherings through the month of June, so until July 1st. But I guess that doesn't include the potential of right. Blue Jays games. But I think best-case scenario, maybe we have a little bit of baseball you know, latter part of the summer with, with no fans in attendance. But I don't even know how you would have games in hot spots like, you know, Seattle, San Francisco, New York, right. you know, presumed upcoming hot spots, maybe like Detroit and some other cities. You know, so I just, you know, call me a pessimist. But at this point, I guess I would be surprised if we have any baseball at this point. That hurts my heart, Doogie. I know it does, but like Kirk Street's out there, right, Rami? You know, in, in terms of football, I was texting with with a U of M, you know, regent, and, and he's pretty convinced. Now, it's just his opinion, but he's pretty convinced that the college football season is, is very much up in the air. Yeah, Herb Street has said college football, the NFL, you know, I mean, they're just, there's so much unknown at this point. Uh, I get it. The TV revenue is, is absurd that all these leagues want to play. I get it. The NFL had that conference call today, you know, where they're saying they, they fully expect to play a full season that, that they're convinced based on, on their intel they'll be able to get a full season in, but I don't even know how they would know that, and I get it. They are leaning on medical experts. They're not just randomly saying that, but I think it depends on, on what medical expert you're leaning on because I think some would tell you that, that this thing's going to linger here for, for a long time, that, that playing any games you know, with, with that many players and players in, in close proximity to one another and, and all the support staff needed to put on a game, I just don't know how you're going to pull that off say even three four five six months from now yeah and you, you said you were listening at, at the start of the show doogie that's that's what i was saying is that football logistically when just in in terms of the sheer numbers that it takes to to pull off a game and to televise a game and put it on the radio the sheer numbers of that when we're talking about isolation or the potential for spread between 250 300 people that all need to be in the same stadium at the same time then leave that stadium and go about their regular day-to-day lives or wherever they go back to and the potential for them to spread it to those people who are in their day-to-day lives and those people to spread it to more people it seems like football the numbers game even though they have more time on their side the numbers game is working more against them than any other sport I'm with you, and the more you read about the virus, like I just saw a story. Now, maybe I'm the idiot for reading all this stuff and freaking myself out, but I read the story about this choir in the, in the Seattle area where it was, it was long before, you know, any public gatherings were banned or anything like that. You know, it was, it was out there, but, but a lot of people were still gathering in the, in the Seattle metropolitan area. This choir gathers, you know, and they're in close proximity, and they're just they're singing. Nobody had any, you know, symptoms or was running a fever or anything. You know, dozens upon dozens show up for this for this choir practice. You know, now a few weeks later, you've got, you know, a couple people dead. You know, others, you know, fighting for their lives. I mean, you know, as, as you read more about how this just potentially spreads, you know, airborne-wise, uh, it just it freaks you the bleep out. You know, so I just, again, I don't know, you know, if, if that is true. And we're still learning more and more about how the virus spreads airborne-wise. But if that is true, 
I just don't know how in September or October we will see football games. I just don't. I really don't. Doogie, 60 seconds left. Empty the notebook. Rapid fire scoops. Fire away. I had a conversation with Zeke Naji earlier today. He is signing with agent Adam Pensack. He's a, he's a power broker, not a big timer in the, in the world of NBA agents, but he's a pretty good agent. So Zeke is in. So that makes the fourth Minnesotan to declare for, for the draft. Now McKinley Wright, Champlain Park High School, former Mr. Basketball, I talked with him the other day. That interview is available on the KSTP.com sports page. He will not hire an agent. So he could always end up back in, in Colorado for a senior year. But Trey Jones is in. Daniel Oturu is in. Zeke Naji is in. I think there's a good chance all three guys, who all, by the way, were teammates for a tiny period with Howard Pulley, the local AAU program, I think there's a real chance that all three will be first-round picks. Now, who the heck knows when the draft will be? Will the draft happen in June? Will it be July, August, September? We don't know that, but I think it's realistic to think that all three guys will be in the draft. Marcus Carr, Declared last night he won't hire an agent. The Gophers fully expect him to be back. I mean, there were over 70 guys last year that declared, went through the process, then ultimately ended up back in school. I think if you're Marcus Carr, especially if if visits are are off limits, why not get feedback, right? I mean, you know, every NBA team had had at least a scout watch the Gophers this year, mostly because of Oturu, but NBA teams have, have notes on Marcus Carr. If you're Marcus Carr... Why not get feedback? But I can just tell you the Gophers fully expect him back next year. That is Darren Doogie Wilson from 5 Eyewitness News and from the Scoop podcast, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app. Doogie, we'll talk to you next Tuesday, man. One more note, Phil. Richard Pitino's been talking to two guys that could replace Rob Jeter on his staff. Jeff Malhot, who's at Iona, played at Hopkins High School back in the day. He's one person on Richard Pitino's radar. Local AAU coach Al Harris, he coaches D1 Minnesota. He's another guy in Patino's radar. My understanding is, I mean, what the heck else is Richard going to do at this point? So he's been having a lot of conversations with guys that are interested in that Jeter position. Yeah, for sure, man. All right, see you, Doogie. Thanks, Doogie. Okay, see you, boys. Darren Doogie Wolfson, our buddy from The Scoop. So here's the thing about college sports, too. Colleges as a whole are probably not coming back anytime soon, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to chance putting kids in September. Like, like let's say it's past almost, but... If you're an academic, you are going to be the last person to be like, well, let's just have our college come back and let's try it, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you know, in pro sports, there's a lot to lose. And, yes, it comes down to people as well, but it's also millions times billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. College Colleges are going to probably be, and schools are going to be the last to come back. Unless you go with a plan that says basically screw it, you're not going to be playing college sports, if your college is not in session. Yeah. So college football, I think, is probably, for 2020, probably pretty much toast because I don't see any way that you can be Michigan, Minnesota, right? And be like, you know, I think it's okay because of football. And, you know, one student comes in, one student comes in, or one teacher, and we have a respread of this. And all hell breaks Right. This. Well, that is, that's the academic and the school perspective on it. But then there's the NCAA perspective on it, and they have yep. sway in this too. And I saw something that came out, I want to say yesterday morning, about just how much money and revenue the NCAA lost during March Madness alone. Yep. And then think about the effect if you start to cancel college football games and college football season. Can you bring those kids back on campus and have them practice without classes being in session and risking the chance if there's a fall flare-up of this? I think what I'm saying is the NCAA, the first priority for them isn't going to be 
the health and safety of kids and people. I, right, I mean, but I could see the school saying no. Yeah. And saying buzz off. Yeah, it is. Like, Which is where your idea of what? pro foot football makes the most sense. Because if anyone's going to push the envelope, it's going to be the National Football League. Mm-hmm. So why is it that they're saying college football is more in danger than the NFL season being pulled off? Is it because of of it being on campus and the risk to other students? What what exactly is it that's harder about pulling off a college football game than, than an NFL football game? Am I missing something? Because they would still have classes. Like, if you had virtual classes, like, I think, I think step one is fall classes and colleges are still going to be virtual. Like, they're still going to have a semester, but you're going to get into Zoom classes instead. So if they go Zoom and you get people off campus, could they still hold a college football season I don't know. in front yeah. of empty it's stadiums? It. But the problem there is the Power Five... Like the the but TV revenue fans. that comes in, exactly. Well, some schools probably can just get by off of. I don't know. I don't know enough about. How but the much, SEC is all the based sheer on size of it. Just so, there's so many different teams and so many players. Sure. Well, there's to... there's some teams that are tied into major major TV deals and yeah. major you know like the Texas Longhorns have more TV revenue coming in than any school in the MAC, for instance, right? Like. How does that work? Does does this kill certain athletic departments from even offering up college football? Right. And some can survive off national TV deals and, and it, revenue? If it kills those, it, it's going to kill a slew of sports at those schools because the minor sports definitely piggyback off the success of football revenue, basketball, right? Yeah. So there's like there's just a whole bunch of things here. But i got to think that getting colleges back in session, playing games, is going to be incredibly difficult into the winter. The good news for us this week is ESPN just announced today that the Michael Jordan 10-part 30 for 30 documentary is coming out on April 19th, parts 1 and part 2 on April 19th, and then two more parts. I'm assuming they're an hour long each. Ten parts, five weeks. It'll be part 1, part 2 on April 19th. Are they going to do that? Yes. I, 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 I hate to pick nits here, but... Dude, we're getting it two months early. Just give, it all, just give it all to me at once. Let me consume at my own pace. Don't don't give it to Play me. Play the buzz killing thing. Don't give it to me like in drips and drabs. Play the buzz killing thing. What? This we're just is, getting it. What's so, do you really think you're suited to be the fourth guy in our group, Buzz Killington? This, by the way, is going to be something... I'm not saying Super Bowl ratings, okay? But there's literally no other timely programming on all of the different things that, that have been recorded for like... You know, like like ABC has a couple shows that my wife and I watch. Well, those shows and NBC, like This Is Us, a lot of these appointment viewing shows for people are wrapping up right now. By the time we get to mid-April, there's going to be no live sports. There's yep. going to be no like new episodes of top network TV shows. Oh my God, what it's gonna only going to be on-demand viewing. I guarantee that this Michael Jordan Rami's. documentary does ridiculous ratings. Rami, I, I thought that this news would make you incredibly happy. And since we started talking about it, you become more. Well, I mean, what are you sad about, dude? The Michael Jordan documentary. Why are you more despondent? Well, first of all, why are we still releasing things episode by episode in 2020? It's it's a binge watching society. No, they're doing it's it. Disney they're, company. So they're doing it to to make sure that TV ratings can spike because TV ratings are probably down for ESPN. Look, this is a time of crisis. You're worried about your ratings? How about the <laughs> mental health of the people who need things to watch while they're stuck in their homes? All right, screw your ratings. To hell with your Rami? ratings. Give me the whole thing and give it to me now. One piece of advice. Drink more, you'll feel better. It's not a terrible piece of advice there. Yeah, you never answered. Are you drinking more? I am not, guys. Actually, and this is this is another this is another hang up I have. I don't know if you'd call it a neurosis or whatever the case might be. I lost a ton of weight ten years ago, and since then I've been so terrified 
of being obese again that any time a situation presents itself where I could potentially get fat again, I go in the complete opposite direction and become obsessed with diet and exercise. Like, not long after I lost all the weight, I broke my left thumb, and I couldn't lift weights anymore, and that's the majority of my workouts. So I just went at it crazy on the cardio. Like That was the only thing I could do in the gym. And then a few years later, I had knee surgery. So I went into the gym and just did all upper body workouts and weightlifting and anything I could do without using my knee. And when this thing hit, and you guys saw how concerned I was that they were going to close the gym in my house or in my apartment building, and when that finally happened, I panicked a little bit. And now I've like my diet is on point. I'm working out twice a day. Like it's probably, it's probably gone in an unhealthy direction, but in the completely opposite direction. Like I've become, I've become now obsessed with not going back to being fat Rami and probably, if I'm being mm. honest, taking it a little bit too far. Yeah. I'm literally curling 12 packs of white cloth. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. More TikToks of that. <laughs> oh, there'll be more. Uh, uh, Rami, have you posted your first TikTok video yet? I have not. Rami, no. I couldn't your find your account. still existing? It's Rami is ticking. T-I-K-I-N-G. Rami is ticking. Rami is ticking. I don't know. Rami yesterday. is ticking from our conversation yesterday? I couldn't find it. Hold on. Let me make sure I got this right. Questionable name. Hold on one second. Rami oh, is serving. Questionable. <laughs> Five to oh, 15. Reese Witherspoon <laughs> is on TikTok. That's nice. And now it's You're making noises it. again. That's there's J Lo and A Rod on my screen for some reason. Um, let's see. Did you say A Rod? Yes. Yeah. I'm. I'd like to get some advice. R A M I E is T I K I N G. Rami is ticking. Yeah. Your your profile's not showing up. Can you at least just can you go to Phil Mackey M N and just follow me so I can follow you back? Will do. Okay. Glad we figured this out. On see, the uh, there we go. And for other people, other people who want to join the TikTok revolution with us here. Do some wacky videos this weekend. I can't wait between for my workouts. First beer. You're my first follow, Mackie. Look at that. Right on. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right, Jonathan's got a cram session. Diverging back here. <laughs> there it is again. Slide into my TikTok. The third, ti- third time we tried to after your fourth workout. The, walk off on the segment. It's good. No, we're not going to let him this time. Two for three, Rami. Two for three. When we come back, a heated cram session with Judge Jonathan, about to lay the smackdown. Or something like that.